Hello, this is Darla Delane, founder of She CEO. And today we're going to dive a little deeper into fear. Um, a lot of what we've talked about is the just at the beginning of, you know, recognizing it for what it is. Um, and I feel like it's kind of, we've kind of jumped over from love into um, when we talk about fear, kind of demonizing it. And I don't, uh, I don't want to take us down that path. However, I do want us to be aware. Um, and today I was doing some reading and this, this little gem kind of popped through. Um, so we're going to discuss this a little bit today. So first of all, fear is, is polarity. Fear is a judgment. So that's how you can tell it's fear. If there's some sort of judgment going on, love does not judge, period. It doesn't judge. It just is all good all the time. So fear is a judgment. And fear has us living with a polarity of the truth of love and the lie of the fear, right? So then you have it turns what is love into a judgment against what is fear. For example, it's all good. Well, is it or is it bad? Is this good or is this bad? And so we're going to have a polarity there that's on this continuum. Um, oh, we're going to collaborate and work together or we're going to compete. And so is, is that bad that we are competing as opposed to collaborating? And then there's compassion. We have compassion for other people, or we can be full on in attack, right? That would be our polarity to compassion. We are, love is all inclusive. It is including everyone, everything. It's all inclusive. It's all connected. It's all equal. And then there's exclusion where there's a judgment about something's included or not included. And, and even in the, in the name of love, there is a judgment or an exclusion, uh, something that becomes kind of self-righteous within that, that then turns that love into a fear. So in the name of love, if there's something you judge as bad, now you have just jumped into the fear pot, right? Instead of staying in the love. So fear is about polarities. It is dualities. It is mutual exclusivity. You cannot be in love and be in fear. You can't be feeling all good and feel bad about that one topic in that moment. So you have this moment and you're going to do one or the other, and it becomes this mutual exclusivity piece. So we've talked a lot about knowing that the truth is that only the love part is real, right? The fear is, is made up in our head. Uh, it's usually based on something that's, that we are worried could happen in the future. It's usually, it's always based on a worry for the future so that you won't move ahead and cause yourself harm in some way. So if we know that only love is real, why would we choose to allow the, this veil of fear in? at all. Why would we make that choice? Because it is a choice. Well, within the fear, within it, the decision that the fear induces, it creates, the, the decision that the fear induces creates more and more clarity, which in turn 
gives us more and more relief. And it is the relief that we are all after until we are living up in the higher echelon of our emotional scale, right? We want relief. So if you feel, you know, bored, you want relief from being bored and that takes you to content. Well, there is some relief from contentment, which takes you into happiness and even from happiness into higher levels. But mostly when we're down in those fear levels, right? It's about getting some relief. When we are raging, we want some relief from that horrible feeling that rage gives us. And that turns us into blaming, which is a little bit of relief from rage, right? And then as we get more clarity, we're like, well, maybe it's not all their fault. Now we go into guilt. Maybe it could be my fault. And that's even if it still doesn't feel good, it's more of a relief from blame into guilt. And then if you're there, some more compassion kicks in and you've got a little more relief from guilt and you may be, well, yeah, I was feeling that way, but it was because of this thing. And, um, you know, is that, do I really need to? And now you're going up the scale, right? So the fact is that clarity is the cure that gives relief. Clarity is the cure that gives us this relief. So clarity becomes the cure to wherever we are that we're wanting. What am I wanting? I feel bad. I need something to fix this, to cure it. And what we want is clarity. And that gives us some relief. When we get clarity, we get relief. And that is what we want. So now we can only feel this ecstasy of relief through clarity. So without being more clear on the topic or the instance or the person or whatever it is we're thinking about, without that, we can't get relief. And this, these bits of relief are like a moment of ecstasy. When you move from one level up to the next level, there's this moment of, oh, this relief, this ecstasy moment, it's super short, but we get that and we only get it through clarity. And you only get clarity when you're living with some veil of fear. And you only get that while you're alive as a human on earth. So in this, can fear be helpful? Well, it can only be helpful in the instant that we get that relief and only by using it for more clarity. If you sit too long in it, it will take you under. So it's this, this fact that we live in because we're human and we've agreed, made that decision to allow it, that we're living in it. So at this point, all of us that are here are not in a fully enlightened state so we are living in it. We're living with it. It is there. We have been programmed. We have been taught. We have accepted that fear is real when it's not. Fear, remember, is, is it's this thing that's not really real that we're looking at and we think it is, right? So it's false evidence appearing real. So it appears real and we've decided that it is. So we take it in and then we make decisions based on that. So fear can be helpful when you're already living in it. 
to get you out of it because it produces clarity and clarity produces relief. Now let's talk about clarity. So we, we've talked some about this within the clarity model of decision-making. And what clarity is, is you, you are more clear on what you really want. And the worst feeling as a human is to be unclear and uncertain. It's just, it becomes a moment by moment boxing match in your head. And it is so uncomfortable that even if the clarity is something that might be uncomfortable, it's got more relief in it than the indecision. Indecision is the biggest self-abandonment, self-hatred, self pulling yourself into the vortex of fear that you can do. So gaining clarity gives you relief and you have oh, this moment of ecstasy in the relief. Oh, at least now I know what I want to do. At least now I know what I want to be. At least now I know what I want to say. At least now I know if I want to go there. At least now I know which place I do want. At least I know what I want. Because we can get there in our vision when we're all connected to love. But the minute we pull that vision into our world with fear, all of a sudden, there's uncertainty. And in that uncertainty, we do not have clarity. And that's what we're wanting. So the fear is an opportunity for clarity. It's an opportunity for you to make a, make a clearer decision, to be more specific about what it is you want. The, the danger in it is sitting there too long because if you sit there too long in it, it will take you under, it will, it will bring more. It will give you more fear. And at that point, you've now gone down into the vortex of fear and you will go, go lower and lower the longer you sit there in it. That's why talking about it for too long takes you down and makes it stronger. So it's kind of like just a sip, just a bite, um, just a glance. You know, it's this, it's beyond moderation. It's like way lower than moderation. It is just a just a tad, just a touch, just for a moment. Accept the clarity you receive from the fear and move on. It is this quickening right after you get it. So as soon as you feel that relief, that's when you've got to zoom out of there. It's like, okay, I got it, move on. That's it. I don't need to sit here any longer in that. So that way you're just moving forward in what you learned. And what has happened to us is we've become addicted to the drama, to the situation. We've become complacent in the, in the, in the swirl. It gives us some, there's some excitement in it. There's some drama in it. It is, it is because we're not accepting our vision as our reality. We stay down here swirling around in this stuff. So, from there, if we're just doing a sip and we're using fear, the question is, from there is, are we capable of only living in love when we live in a world where other people are living in fear, where we have been taught fear? And that answers yes. You know, we have examples of fully enlightened humans that have lived here and got to full enlightenment, right? They are 
fully enlightened. They are fully living in the light of the truth of love. And it is possible. And when they're living there, it is the, it's that full time ecstasy. It is the full on always. I have everything I could ever want to need. And it's all right here. And then normally what happens is they no longer have use for earthly things because we only want the earthly things because we think it'll make us feel better. And that feeling better is what? Relief, right? So we want the things because it will make us feel better and it will give us relief. And so if we're living fully in love, then we are in the light. We have everything. We see the truth and we need less and less. I mean, I just read another article about, um, a monk that was literally living on air for food that he wasn't even eating because his body didn't even need it. It was getting everything it needed from breath. And the, the, the level at which our physical bodies are really equipped to handle it, we haven't even touched the surface. We haven't even scratched the surface and we're so much further along than we used to be. But, but this is this this is our goal. It is this lofty goal. It's where we're headed. It's what we think all that we want will give us. It is, it is that joy in the vision. And as humans, we, we enjoy the things, the experiences, the people, and all of that. And it's not to say give that up because that vision is your path to enlightenment. What you want, those things, that money, those people, these experiences, is your path to enlightenment because the more you are going for it, the more you get relief, the higher and higher and higher you're going. Yeah, the less you're going to need, the more stuff just comes to you without you even doing anything, right? And then you get there. However, this is not a race. It's not a competition that is back over in that duality world of fear. This is just your path and your journey. And that's why it's about the journey and not the destination. I think I've said this before. I, just, I hate that saying because I wanted the things right then and there. And it really is about this journey. That example of the cruise ship that's starting in port one place and the captain gets on and says, well, we're starting in Seattle. We're going to go to Alaska and come back to Seattle. And since this is our destination in Seattle, we're not going to go to Alaska. It's like, you want you want to go along. That's where the, where the fun is of being here and being human. <clears throat> but, but this place of full-time ecstasy, I'll call it, we'll call it quote unquote, a heaven. Okay. Do not mean this in a religious term or way or process, but just because for common, um, a, a word that we all commonly understand, okay? Heaven in that it is fully in the light all the time. It is complete, utter, total ecstasy at, at all time. Like there isn't even time anymore. You've now jumped into quantum field, infinite possibilities. You're swimming around in that. That's, that's what we're talking about. And I will refer to it as heaven sometimes so that you get, you understand what that is without me having to say so much. So this is the goal that we all will reach. We'll all reach it. This is the goal that we already were in 
we've already reached it. Our soul is still there living in that. Your heart is the brain around that part of you, that soul of you, where you can translate what that's like into living in time and space continuum. So this goal of this all light all the time, we've already reached it. Our, our soul is there. Our inner being is there. That, that's already there. We've already reached that. We know what it's like. That's why we're going for it again here. That's why it comes up for everyone here because there's a little bit of that still left. And, and it is the goal that we all came from. So before we came here, that soul, that part of you was already there living in all of that. So it is something that we want. It is where we're headed. It is the, the end game and the end game's already happened. It's in your now. It happened in your past before you got here. It's in your now and it's in your future. So it is everywhere. It is in all of eternity for you. So that, that piece of knowing means that we never have to have fear. We've already had it. We've already had love. We've lived in full on. We've already had our, we've had our heaven before. We, we're having it. We can have it now and we get it later. So that is also another proof that you don't need the fear. However, we can use those little bits of fear for us to gain more clarity and get more relief and move further along the path to having what I'm going to call this heaven on earth so that you can experience that ecstasy, that, that, relief of passion ecstasy while you're still in your physical body. So being human is knowing that it's true that only love is real. We knew that coming in, then allowing fear in bit by bit over time, being taught to us, hearing it over and over again, having the emotion that comes with it, having it lock in, having a belief system around it, using this fear then, we've got this fear in, we're going to use it to expand because the, the contrast, the things you don't want that give you clarity about what you do want causes you to expand to more specifics. You expand, you get the moment of relief, the moment of ecstasy, and now you've enjoyed a bit of heaven on earth. We've all had it. We've all had things that happened where it felt almost out of body in that a floaty, awesome, full, full mind, body, soul experience where we enjoyed this little bit of heaven on earth. So being humans, knowing it's true, then allowing fear in and using this contrast for clarity and relief to expand where we then enjoy this little bit of heaven on earth. And then we begin to master it over time until we go back to it fully, either while we're still here or, or when we go. So this is what being human does. When you're all in ecstasy, you don't need any of these experiences. You don't get clarity. You don't get relief because you're already there. So being human, we can appreciate. We can begin to appreciate the contrast, not ask for more of it, but appreciate it. 
because it gives us clarity. We get that moment of relief, which is the flash of what it's like to have heaven on earth. We expand, we know more, we do more, we have more. That gives us more heaven on earth. And now we move forward from that space. It's kind of that once you know, you can't unknow. And so you can't go back. You can't go back. Your brain now has new information. You can't go back. So now we know that being human and being here, the reason we're here, why we wanted to come is to help expand. We wanted to expand universe. We wanted to expand here on earth. We wanted to play the game and, and, and coming in, knowing what the rules were, that, that, that emotion is what tells us where we are and knowing the rules, play the game and relearn them as if we didn't know them. And it is all of this whole path that is your life. There is no wrong. It's all right. There is no bad. It's all good. It's all as well all the time. You are always in touch with that piece of heaven from you before you were here, while you're here and after you're gone. So that's your all is well all the time. Now you make a choice. How much do I want to suffer in this? And how much do I want to learn and master and enjoy this expansion? In no matter what it is that's happening to you. Well, very clear, I don't want that. So boom, the brain says, oh, you don't want that? You're super clear? Awesome. We will not lead you into that pattern again. And you move along. If it's something awful and we don't get clarity on it, we think we deserve it. We go down into the fear of it. We blame ourselves. We blame someone else. If we take that experience and we take it into fear rather than clarity. Now you just have set up a program for you to experience it again. So this is why things happen over and over that we're like, why does this keep happening to me? Because when it happens, there's an opportunity to go left or right. Uh, to go to fear or love. And when we go to fear, we just lock it in as a pattern and we continue to do it. When we go to love, we get some clarity, we move on. And that particular thing does not happen at that level again. If it's, if it's super deep in us with our emotion, it may, but it'll be, it'll be like fear light. You know, it won't be so heavy. It'll be a little lighter when it happens. So number one, we know that only love is real. This is our anchor. This is our trust. This is the faith that ultimately all is well. This is your foundation. And if you can rest on this, stand on this, jump up and down on this, know this is solid, take that with you. That's your knowledge. All is well. Heaven always exists in that feeling. When I say heaven of this fully in the light, always exists. It's always available. It's always there. We can always hook into it at any moment at any time. That's your foundation. Now we do allow fear in. So the brain begins to organizing it according to the emotion we felt that was determined by our perception of what just happened. You know, it's kind of like being out on the playground when you're in elementary school and the boy runs by and throws mud at you. 
So I had this experience, fifth grade. We were running around. The boy threw a little mud at us. My friends and I, and he happened to be the boy I had a crush on. The friend, my friends and I started running around throwing mud back at them. And we all ended up in the principal's office. And at first I was upset when he threw the mud on me. I liked him. And my thought was, my perception was he hates me. And my throwing it back was not out of this is fun and flirty. It was out of you freaking jerk. I'm going to, you know, you just hurt my feelings. How dare you not like me? I'm going to attack you back. But when we got into the principal's office, the principal was very clear with all of us. I've seen this time and time again. This kind of thing happens when one little boy likes another little girl, another little girl likes another little boy, and they do these things to each other. And that we all, like every boy and every girl in there just got super embarrassed because there was truth in that for that particular thing. It doesn't mean when a boy hits you, that means he likes you. I'm not saying that, but in that instance it was, and it's always our perception of it. It's always our perception. When someone says something on social media in a comment to you, you can take it any way you want. You get to choose. You can be like, oh my gosh, this person I don't even know found me. That means my stuff's getting out there. Oh, I'm becoming quote unquote polarizing. That can be a good thing. I can have more clarity. Great. Okay. I'm finding people now. How do I want to hone this in so that it's the people that want to resonate with it? I don't need to hear, you know, I don't need to have the negative comments. Oh, well, I can just delete that really quick and move along and not let it sink in. So it's what are you going to do with what happens? Your brain takes that information and makes files on it, determined by your perception of what it meant and the emotion, the according motion that came out. Now we live in the programming. We know only love is real and we've allowed fear in. So if we live in that fear, we are living a fully predictable, but still ever expanding and still choosing how much we suffer life. That is the bottom line in that what we're living is predictable by what we felt before. That's the programming in the brain, as long as we're living in the brain. And when we get some relief, we then expand. I have some clarity. Now I can expand a bit from that. And then I can either expand and move on, or I can expand and go backwards and suffer a little bit more about it. Totally up to me how I do that. So here are your steps for remembering that you are in control of this. Number one is going to be the same step that we always have. <laughs> Notice your emotion. Notice how you're feeling. Number one, this tells you what? If you feel good, you're in alignment with what you want, your vision, with what source knows is the truth, with, with love. You're in alignment with the love, with the appreciation, with all of that, right? If you're not feeling too awesome about it, then you are not in alignment with that. So now you know, oops, I'm not in alignment. So step two now is that this contrast, when I don't feel good, can give me clarity. So if it's a bad feeling, I know in it, and I know what I don't want, 
then it's an opportunity to adjust the specifics of my vision, to bring it clearer into perspective, to be able to look at it with even more me. What do I really want? More of me, more of my choice in it. And if it's a really good feeling, then I know that I get more of that. I can expand it and, 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 you know, like milk it and, and just go for it and sit in it and get more of it. So the emotion tells you where your alignment is. Now, if you have contrast, you get clarity. So if it's a bad feeling, you know, it's what you don't want. Now, you know what you don't want. Great. So it's an opportunity to adjust the specifics. I don't want this. I do want that. It's like, if you say, I want ice cream. Awesome. And you taste something that does not, you try pistachio. You've never tried it before. So you taste the pistachio and you gag. Oh, I have clarity now. I do not want pistachio. So now when you look at ice creams, do you need to try and go back and taste the pistachio all the time? No, you're good there. You try the Belgian chocolate and you have a moment of ecstasy very clear. Oh, I do like a base, a Belgian chocolate base to my ice cream. That is awesome. Now you've gotten more clarity based on a good feeling. So whenever you're doing, have an experience, you get to make the choice about what that experience clarifies for you. Do I want this and more of it? Or do I not know it and now move on? And it's based on that emotion that tells you which direction you're going. The third step is allowing. Now that you are more clear on what you want, the only doing job for you is this allowing. This is the release of any resistance to letting it come in. All that investigating, all that, why would I ever not let it in? Remember, I already know that all is well and all is available and all is abundant and only love is real. So why would I not let myself have it? Oh, there's guilt. Nope, that's fear. Don't need that. Now you're working on taking out the resistance and connecting back to that vision. That's your work. That's the only thing you need to do every day is release the resistance and connect to the vision. And if that's all you did every day, things would start falling in your lap. The synchronicities would happen. The coincidences would happen. Your level of emotion would raise. You'd have more and more relief, more and more ecstasy, more and more relief. And there it goes. And there it flows. Your next step then is to enjoy this materializing of it this manifesting of it in reality and not reality in physical form. Let's say that enjoy the materializing. That's why I like that word materialize rather than manifest because it really, your senses now get to enjoy it. So celebrate it, enjoy it. Cause it only lasts for a red hot minute and then it's gone. I don't care how gigantic it is. If you've ever watched any shows about the lottery, people that win millions and billions of dollars, they are ecstatic jumping around for a little bit and then that's done. It's done, it's over. Now they move on to the next thing. 
And it's like that with everything. I don't care what it is. If it's the perfect partner you met, if it's the awesome ideal client, if it's the big deal you just did, if it's the agent you just got, I don't care what it is. That will last for a red hot minute and then it'll be gone. So enjoy it while it's there. And the last step, rinse and repeat. Repeat this for mastery. More of what you want, faster. More of what you want, faster. Because why live in anything less than exactly what you want? There's no reason whatsoever. Because guess what? Every single human has the same opportunity. So you're not taking anything from anyone else. You don't have to earn it. You don't need to deserve it. It is yours. It's all there for all of us. So repeat for mastery. Get more of what you want faster. Enjoy it. All right, I'm gonna repeat those steps quickly. Number one, notice your emotion. This tells you your alignment. Number two, the contrast that comes in gives you clarity. Remember, clarity gives us relief. So if it's a bad feeling, now you know what you don't want. So it is an opportunity to adjust the specifics of your vision for more clarity. Number three is allowing. Allowing it to come in, this is the release of any resistance you have to letting yourself have it and connecting to that vision. That's your work. That's your doing. That's your action. Number four, enjoy the materializing. Celebrate it when it happens. Not going to last long. And number five, repeat all of this for mastery. More and more of what you want faster and faster. It's all there for all of us. Until next time, this is Starla Delane.